Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. Tired. <laughs> it happened again. What? It snowed. Really? It didn't stick, but it snowed for like three, four hours yesterday. How much? I mean, it didn't. St- I mean, they were again. It didn't stick, Uh-oh. but they were pretty big flakes, and you know, melted right away. But. Did you? And then it rained later. Did you guys also get tornadoes? No. The the only tornado I can think of in memory here, like I think as a state, we average zero to one a year and it's a very large state. But we had a tornado come through like 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, did a lot of damage to our... Uh, to our stadium here, the Metro Park Arena. I know that there there were a lot of tornadoes in the U.S. this uh, this week, or yesterday, or the day before. I don't remember where, but I, I read a couple reports on CNN. But funny enough, in the region I live, uh, we had a couple tornadoes, which is extremely rare for Germany. Like Germany, almost never has like tornadoes, almost never. You know, that, that's actually, I, I had this thought once a while ago, and I never thought about it again. You always hear about tornadoes and, you know, Tornado Alley and in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I never, ever hear about tornadoes anywhere else. In the they're world. so rare. And, like, my wife would always ask me about, like, tornadoes and what they're like. And um, and she would see them in movies because, like, a lot of the movies here are American. So she would see, like, tornadoes in, in like, uh, in American movies. But, like, personally, she's never experienced them. And I've never actually been in a tornado, like physically, um, but I've been pretty close. Like in Missouri, we would like have plenty of them almost every summer. And so we had one here, not right next to where I live, but like uh, in a couple cities over. And I think one guy unfortunately passed um, due to his injuries. And like, I think 50 people were, were injured and a couple houses were destroyed. So it was, it, and it rained a lot. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, we were we were absolutely not. Uh, our infrastructure here was not ready for it. Mm. People were like, uh, you know, going under underpasses to get away because we don't really get a lot of rain here. To get away from the low and snow. <laughs> yeah, so there's so much water there. Like people were trying to get through, and they're you know they were just stalling out their cars because they were flooding their engines. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've never had that happen to me where like I've got water in my engine, but. I mean, it. We had a lot of flooding in Missouri, especially when I was growing up. So the highway would always flood, and the police, the, like the the police, would always come out and put up signs and say, you know, do not drive, you know, on the highway. Don't get under the highway because it's like all underwater. Um, mm-hmm. But I've never actually, you know, had water in my engine. That sounds terrible. I mean, it like destroys it, like, uh, like irrevocably, or can you still? Well, I, I'm sure there's something you can do to fix it, but it's not a. It's probably not an easier, cheap fix. I don't know. This is me pretending to know things about cars. So, you know, grain of salt. Oh, I mean, but you know, uh, the whole tornado, it did, did end up having a funny outcome. The, uh, later that summer, 
because like I said, our, our arena in town was damaged. It wasn't like destroyed. It just needed repair work. We had uh, uh, the Scorpions were came to town for a concert and they were going to play in the arena. Wait, is that and like instead a baseball they, or football team? I have no idea who that is. The the German rock band? Oh, the Scorpions? okay. Sorry, sorry. I I assumed you were talking about like sports or something. But yeah. No. Yeah, that's funny that you know that they're German because most people don't know that. Yeah, it's hard to hear when they no, say. No, I, I didn't. Uh, but uh, so we're out. <laughs> we're doing this outdoor concert at this horse track for the Scorpions. And uh, I remember the lead singer says, oh, I don't know about a tornado, but there might be a hurricane tonight. That's funny. That's that's <laughs> kind of that's kind of cheesy, but it's it's funny. I'm glad they had a little sense of humor about it. Like, yeah, sorry, you came to Montana and you have to play the horse track. Sorry. Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> I think that's the only song I know by them, though. In all fairness, Uh, there's one other song I liked, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. You're probably thinking of White Snake. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I mean that's one of the few German bands uh, that I've have gained traction in the US. I mean, you also have like Rammstein. Um, oh yeah, everyone loves Rammstein. Yeah, yeah, and people know a lot more of their songs. Yeah, and they're one of the few that have like made it by singing in German. I mean, they have like two or three songs in Spanish and one in French, and maybe two or three in English. But I would say like ninety percent of their catalog is German. So they have. I didn't see. I I knew they did some some of their songs they recorded an english version yeah. i didn't know anything about spanish or french yeah uh because i think the lead singer had a has or had a spanish wife uh so from spain um and so he wrote a song in spanish but yeah that's cool yeah i, li- I like varieties of languages in my music so yeah so do I, I. It w- I, I uh that's part of the reason why I like Rammstein. Just get a little something different. I mean, they were the first band that I ever listened to that that wasn't in English. So, because up until then, because I was like 13, like all my music was obviously in English because, you know, America. <laughs> America. Yeah. Only one language. Yeah. So, speaking of America, uh, so we're working less, so to speak, but having other people do the work, which is outsourcing and yes which i could tell before we started recording today we were going to have different interpretations on what that means i mean i have a negative opinion of outsourcing because for me it feels like like wage gouging i guess if that's the correct term where you take a job and you give it to someone else who's willing to do it for more or for do it for less sorry not for more and usually like the quality suffers. So for me, like the biggest culprit or like the biggest example would be like call centers. So if you call it customer support, like that's almost always outsourced. I talked to, cause I bought tickets. So I talked to the airline and I talked to my bank cause I was going to make a big purchase. And I didn't talk to a single person whose native language is English. Like they were all from some other country. They were from like Mexico or they were from India or whatever but it was like an american number that i was calling so that for me is like outsourcing um i don't know what your definition of outsourcing is though i i i actually did want to have that discussion but just a quick little tangent here 
Um, I'm sure we all have horror stories getting on the phone and dealing with call centers and waits and all that. Yeah. Still one of my worst, my worst experience was trying to call the, the IRS, oh my God. which is the, the U S agency responsible for, you know, collecting taxes. It was totally nat- native English speaker on the other end, but their phone quality is so bad and so cheap. You can't hear anything. That's the worst. Awful. Yeah. But anyway, um, I actually wanted to have this discussion so we could set some uh, ground rules, I okay. guess. Like, what are, we, what are we considering outsourcing? Like, if you have, for example, you own a house and, you know, to maintain a house, you have to clean it. You could hire a maid to do it. Is that outsourcing? I guess in the strictest definition, yeah. I think outsourcing for me becomes a problem when people are being exploited. And usually that's, that, that's what ends up happening is like you have a job you don't want to do so you give it to someone else and generally speaking they don't really do a very good fair job and what's even worse is if you outsource it then they'll outsource it too (laughs) which also happens a lot so like if you if you tell your if you hire a maid you know to clean your house but she's super busy she'll give it to her friend so she'll let her friend clean your house and that's a big problem in the industry. So <laughs> what you're describing is something I kind of do professionally. Okay. So what, what I do, I, I work in the freight brokerage industry. So basically companies need things moved, but they don't have the capacity. They don't have the, they don't have the know-how or the infrastructure to get it moved. Mm-hmm. So they hire us to handle that. So then we hire someone else to go do it. And, you know, whatever the difference is, you know, the, the original person pays us a certain amount. We pay the end person a little less. And, you know, we take the, we take the difference. And that's, that's how it works. I think on the surface, that's fine. I don't know if that particularly upsets me. I think what really bothers me is one, is that the quality of the product, especially <laughs> like with like the call center, the quality of the product suffers because of the outsourcing. And uh, the second problem I have with outsourcing is that it diversifies responsibility. So if, if you, if I, for example, you know, if I go to your house and I build something and it breaks, then like, you know, you'll sue me, but you know, if I give it to us, well, I'm not going to jump. Right well, there. you know, but still, <laughs> I mean, you could, <laughs> or if I, like, if I build you know, if I build something in your house and you and you get injured, then you would have, you know, the recourse to sue me. But if I go and I find like a company and then they find a company, well, suddenly it's not like directly my responsibility for what for happened to your house. So it would be kind of hard to sue me. You would have to sue like the sub subcontractor because it was their fault. And that's what that's what happens so people like to outsource to distance themselves from responsibility like you see this all the time with like amazon um ups um like a couple like fedex where the people delivering for the company don't actually work for the company they work for sub companies and so if they do something you know i don't know if like a driver drives into someone's house well it's not fedex's fault it's the sub company's fault you know what i mean Yes. And you know what? I actually, I actually can relate to that a bit. That is something I have to run into in my industry. So 
when we when we hire someone like we broker out the freight and we hire somebody to to handle it right mm-hmm. they have to they are supposed to you know handle it themselves with their own company resources there are times where they outsource it again yeah and don't tell us and because that happens all the insurance involved in this is totally messed up if something bad does happen it's a huge insurance nightmare yeah and that's exactly the the problem is i feel like outsourcing has become synonymous with you know like dishonesty to a certain extent or exploitation but i mean there are legitimate reasons why you have to outsource stuff so a good counterexample would be like apple so apple got like a lot or gets a lot of flack for having all their stuff produced in asia and uh what was his name cook was talking to trump so back in like 2019 saying how he was going to bring jobs back to you know to the u.s and so they decided they were going to build the mac what is it like the mac pro like the desktop mac i believe it was um but that was the only thing that they could actually produce in the u.s so that's the the that was the only thing where they could source parts but um for like the iphone ipad um macbook air all of the suppliers all of the material it's all in asia like there's no way for them to like build it in the u.s so i get that but like i said uh, uh usually people try to distance themselves res- with response from responsibility by outsourcing yes and <clears throat> and it's really hard to incentivize people not to do it i i remember there's i think we i remember we discussed sitcoms what seems like yeah, forever yeah. <laughs> ago and i brought up fraser did you watch fraser you're gonna have to remind no, me no i haven't seen it god no or friends or or any of that seinfeld i i think this was an episode of fraser where oh no i'm thinking of an episode of seinfeld okay okay there was an episode of seinfeld where uh one of the characters dads has an idea for a product uh basically a brassiere for men because <laughs> you know sometimes you just need a little support and he had this whole great idea i was like oh yeah yeah we're we're gonna of course we're gonna have everything built manufactured mm. in america by americans blah 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 of course why would we not do that and then he started realizing the costs like oh my god yeah what uh, how much cheaper is it to do this in china yeah uh you know the song so what's the incentive what's the incentive to not do that true do you know the song uh pray of a refugee by rise against yeah it's a good song yeah, it's a great song have you seen the video i've not seen the video oh, you should see the video so it's a bit old and so for those who don't know so pray of a refugee Long story short is about a refugee who leaves their home and comes to the U.S. and is telling their child um, about life in the old country and life in the new country. And the band is playing in what could probably be a stereotypical uh, supermarket in the U.S. or, you know, like Target or Walmart or, or whatever. And they're going through the aisles with like typical American products, you know, like American flags, American shoes. American, um, American, I don't know, like computers and stuff like that. And they all have made in America. 
And then it's juxtaposed. So then it switches over to how it's being made in Vietnam, being made in Indonesia, being made in uh, Thailand. Um, and they're allowed, like these companies are allowed to put made in America on the products, even though they weren't made in America. So that's also a form of outsourcing. Um, mm -hmm. Some are a little less disingenuous about yeah. it. Um, and they'll say like assembled in America. Apple. <laughs> assembled in California. Yeah. Well, you know, or no design I mean, in California. I'm sorry. Go on. Oh, yeah. Great. But I mean, if, if you're getting raw parts from somewhere like Vietnam or China and then you're assembling it here, I mean, that's still, you know, you have to hire someone to assemble it. That's that's a job. Yeah, I mean, it is a job, but it's it's like 90 percent of the work is done abroad where not where it's mostly cheaper. And then, like, the finishing touches are done here. So, theoretically speaking, yes, it was, you know, made in America. But for all intents and purposes, it was made in Vietnam, not in, you know, New York, for example. So, that's that's pretty disingenuous. I don't believe when people are like, oh, it's, you know, it's made in America. Um, or, like, cars, you know. Americans used to be, like, super proud of their cars, you know, like, muscle cars. Like from like the 50s to I want to say like the 70s or 80s is when people were like most proud of like, you know, American made cars. And then, and then after that, they started switching that, you know, to making that abroad. So like American cars aren't made in America. They're made in other countries. Mm -hmm. And oh, where was I going with that? I, I'm sorry. I just completely lost my train of thought. That's fine. <laughs> happens to me too you know here here's my here's my excuse i bought a new bed about two weeks ago and uh i think it's a little too firm feels like i'm sleeping on the floor and not really sleeping every night you know, so. you know where it's made <laughs> <laughs> um probably not in the u.s no um so like fun fact i don't know if this is still a thing or if it's on your mattress but usually most mattresses in the u.s have like a tag that says do not remove under penalty of law yep my mattress has yeah, that so you can't re you can't remove the tag on the mattress um and i forget what the reason was for that um but i think it has to do with like the, le the legality of like the warranty and like where the mattresses were made because yeah and liabilities and all that yeah because like a lot of mattresses were like they're saying like oh this mattress is full of like duck feathers or like down feathers when in actuality it was just like cotton or whatnot and so to combat that they would like i think like stick a tag on the mattresses so that they knew when it was made where it was made and all that and you can't remove it and if you do remove it then the fbi comes <laughs> i'm kidding but <laughs> they'll, they'll put electronic sensors in there one day yeah no so like i was saying like that for me is outsourcing. If you have someone do a job for you, I don't think that's outsourcing. So if I have someone, you know, build me a house, I don't really feel it's outsourcing. Now, if he can't build the house and tell someone else to build it for him and they'll split the profits, then that's outsourcing. I think once mm. you get past like two chains, so like two steps, then for me, it's outsourcing. That That's the way I see it. <clears throat> Uh, I see. Well, I, I want to run something by you okay. that I deal with daily. Okay. 
just it it may or may not follow your definition, but I'm just curious mm-hmm. what this thinks. And I think it's it's hilariously extreme. So what I technically do in 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 friendly nice terms is called third party logistics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There exists such a thing as fourth party logistics. Okay, what's that? So basically, say you're a you're a large company like what's a what's a large company FedEx. like uh sure FedEx. <laughs> no, this won't work for FedEx. Oh, okay. They have they have their own logistics. Some right, let's just say a random large sporting goods chain, right? Okay. They're they're a huge company, billions of dollars. They move a lot of stuff, but they don't want to deal with mm-hmm. it. So they hire a company that basically is just their logistics division. Like it does all their logistics for them. So they outsource the labor of their logistics division, basically. That like the entirety. Oh, okay. And then those companies can come to companies like me, like who I work for, to do like the third party stuff. And then we go to other people to do like the actual, like on the ground, real labor. That sounds like a lot of steps. It is. And when something goes wrong and you need to communicate things, there's like five parties involved and it takes a lot of time and it's very awful. That reminds me of like, like little mom and pop shops that will like provide like packaging services. So like they'll pick up, they'll take a package for you, but they won't send it themselves. They'll, they'll partner with like uh, UPS or FedEx or whatever, and they'll come by and pick up the package. Hmm. I, I didn't even know that was a no, thing. No, it is. It is. Like, um, you know, like even in the US, it's pretty popular here too. But like I've seen it also in the US where, like, I don't know, you'll have a shop and you'll, you'll sell, I don't know, like let's say shoes. And you're like a small, you know, small company. Um, but you also have like a sticker in the window that says like, hey, uh, we can ship your package um, supported by UPS or FedEx or the American Postal Service or whatever. And they'll give you their package, you know, and they're allowed, they're like an authorized, I don't want to say dealer or distributor or whatever. And then like on the next day or like once a week, you know, the company will come pick up the packages and ship them. So that's also a form of outsourcing because they're not actually directly sending the package. <laughs> they're having someone else do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's pretty popular. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And I do remember what I lost my train okay, of thought sure, on that's now. good. Yeah, and if I'm going to stall for a minute mm-hmm. to somehow lose it again, so just, you know, really drive myself into the pit of despair. <laughs> no, um, I was thinking one of the big problems with outsourcing in the U.S. is because we have outsourced so many things, especially manufacturing, we don't have the resources or the, we don't have the infrastructure to do it anymore. So if for some reason relationships with like China were to be severed, we're in a very bad situation. Also, uh, a ridiculously high percentage of the world's uh, chip and superconductor conductor manufacturing is in Taiwan. So if something were to ever happen in Taiwan uh, to disrupt that, uh, the whole world would be in a pretty bad situation, especially the US. Yeah, yeah, you know who's the fault for that? <laughs> Is I believe, I believe that was Nixon or Reagan. I can't remember because either it was one of them. So it was somewhere between like the 70s and the 80s. Because before that, 
like most of the things that Americans consumed were made in the U.S. So it was all homegrown. And then we we wanted to like warm up, you know, to like some of these countries and they had a lot of cheap labor and we had a lot of money. So it was a perfect marriage. <laughs> and we pretty much just slowly outsourced everything you know and that was kind of like the open door policy of i think like either it was the nixon or the reagan administration i'm not exactly sure uh yeah i'm not sure but i could certainly see either doing yeah and so that's where that all came from and so that's when this is like you know made in china you know uh, started popping up and i don't really have (laughs) i don't have anything against any country at all but as you pointed out it's it's not a smart idea to put all of your eggs into one basket and that's basically, you know, the, the American way. <laughs> mm. I remember, and I mean, it's always been a thing. Mm. I remember in high school, I had to read a, a book. I think it's called uh, When the Streetcars Come Home. Have you? Did you have to read that? No, I had to read To, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. That's a great book. <laughs> yeah. So um, this book, uh, very interesting book, very disturbing content in hindsight uh involving a uh a uh baby's corpse in a freezer oh, wow. however yeah uh, it, it was it was a book in hindsight i don't know most of the classes in high school because I, I i talked to people in high school like oh we're reading this book and all the other classes didn't know what i was talking about but we had to read it in english class so i guess i got lucky there was a, a scene in the book, and this book is set in the 1950s or so U.S., mm-hmm. and the main character is like an 18 or so year old uh, uh, boy, and he gives his father a wrench for his birthday or Christmas, something like that, and it was a made-in-Japan wrench, and he went off. One, because, you know, s- so close to world war ii it was so recent so he was you know he still had a lot of feelings about that and to uh the idea that you know an enemy to him you know like japan was taking you know the american market over by manufacturing wrenches and selling them here just like absolutely he he I think I'm pretty sure he like punched the main character. Hmm. It's like if you ever bring anything made in Japan to this house again, like like I'll beat the hell out of you. That reminds me of my ex's mom because her so her grandfather, so the father of my ex's mom was like staunch American, you know. We buy American, you know, we breathe American, we eat American, you know, USA forever. And he would not have anyone near him drive or buy a car that wasn't American branded. And at one point, I was like, that's so absurd. Like, it's, you know, it's really hard to have something that's like fully self contained. Like, where every part, every nut, every bolt, every drop of oil that it's all from the US, like, that's, that's never gonna happen. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's not possible it's basically impossible in the global economy it's impossible like you'll never get it so when people say like you should buy american i don't know what they mean <laughs> like if you say you should buy local okay i can get that but like buying american like you can buy the spirit you know like i'm support i'll buy american because i buy apple 
because it's an American company. I mean, it's not like it's not a Russian company or something. But you know, their products aren't you know made in the, made in America. And that was that was an interesting point you you made up you brought back about you know of like having something like from the enemy. And I wonder if people still feel like that though. Not necessarily like Japan, but. No, I don't think anyone feels that, at least about Japan. But I mean, there's certainly, I mean, we're already seeing it. I mean, recently, you know, I, I don't know if it was something you experienced out in Germany, but uh, when the war in Ukraine began, people were, bars are putting up signs like, just so you know, we're not serving any Russian branded vodka. And, you know, people were just, pretty pretty hard boycotted like all russian products here fast yeah which i mean which is easy because they don't outsource a lot of stuff to us i don't think like i uh, legitimately i may be wrong but the biggest outsource i can think of from russia to the u.s is vodka <laughs> yeah that's it i'm not kidding that's that's i don't because i don't think we get much of their oil no no but that's because it's taken up by most of the European countries. So most of the European mm. countries are highly dependent or to a good extent dependent on Russia's natural resources, which has obviously put us in a bind. And so, you know, what you said, so it all comes full circle. So if you outsource yourself too much, you'd become dependent on foreign powers. And so suddenly they can mess with your infrastructure, which is, which is exactly what happened here. <clears throat> Or like in Finland, where Russia is not going to deliver gas anymore to Finland or electricity, which they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Because they've, they've diversified uh, their like power grid. So they, have, so they get like power from like multiple different sources. So Russia is just one of them. So if that falls off, they're like, okay, well, that sucks, but we'll be fine. <laughs> Whereas like in Germany and like mostly Germany that's like 20 30 percent of like the energy here <laughs> and so that's that's what happens when you outsource too much yep putting putting all your eggs in one basket uh, is generally not a good long-term strategy yeah that's true but i guess you could make the argument that it's also something that's made the u.s stronger i mean obviously because it's freed us up to do other things so we don't like outsource our tech. Most of the tech in the U.S. is like homegrown, like you know Silicon Valley and whatnot. Usually, if we like people, we just we just bring them to the U.S. and they work here, <laughs> and like the tech industry, as opposed to like the other way around. Well, it's usually in the development and you know coding of the tech. The actual manufacturing of the tech is overseas. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's uh. <laughs> so we can design something, but we can't make it. Yeah, which is a real shame. It's the same for clothing too. I don't like most clothing isn't made in the US anymore. I saw a report that said I think before the 90s, I think it was like 60 or 70% of the clothing here or in the US was made and manufactured in the US with American material. And I think now that's only like 6% or 10%. So like significantly like nothing. Yeah. That's and it's always real depressing. Yeah, it, de it definitely is. So, but it's how the world works. Um, you know, here's a here's a fun little 
outsourcing anecdote, I guess. There was a uh, a Kickstarter project I backed like a year ago. Is that still a thing? And Kickstarter? Yeah. Oh, okay. And and it passed. It passed real well. And the creator gives us weekly email updates because there's you know there's always those horror, horror stories of people backing something on Kickstarter. Yeah. And then the creator disappears. Nobody ever gets their thing. Yeah. That's... This guy is weekly email updates with exactly what's going on. It's so it seems pretty real and he's detailing like okay you know i have the money now and i need to find like a broker who can help me navigate the world of like chinese manufacturing because there are people who specialize that you know i think uh, we're, we've whittled it down to like six factories they're showing me samples of what they can do blah 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 i think i've decided on and, and it's interesting but like wow this is i i am just getting a weekly update over the course of a year on what the process is to like outsource manufacturing to china <laughs> yeah which i mean this guy's like i'm trying to remember i, I want to say this guy's in finland or something like he's just a guy in finland like he doesn't have the the he doesn't have the resources to manufacture a specialty, you know, never before seen shape of dye. So, yeah, you need like really expensive, high end, you know, automatic manufacturing machines to do that. Or you have like a 3D printer, you know, you can, can't you 3D print a dye? Well, this is very complicated dye. It's called the D ultimate. The idea is that if you roll it, you could get the result of a D4, D6, D8, D10, D12, D20, or a D100. I'm not gonna lie. In one roll. I'm not gonna lie. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah, it just means like four-sided die, six-sided die, oh, eight-sided okay. die, ten-sided die. But you can get there's like a chart you can follow to get like a res- any result from one roll. Huh. But um, I paid to the tier where I'm going to get a wooden case with like a, a metal die with like a spe- like a special color. It's going to look really cool. So it's definitely not something you can 3D print. <laughs> okay. No, Kickstarter, that's a, that's a good thing. I wasn't sure if that was still around though, you know, like crowdfunding. Um, that's a diff. Oh, it is. I, I don't think it's as big as it used to be. One of my favorite this is kind of a tangent. One of my favorite series used to be on YouTube. Uh, iDubbbz would do uh, a series called Kickstarter Crap where he would just look at bad Kickstarter projects or some that just are awful and we're never going to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. Some that did meet their goals and then the creator just disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, a lot of them have done like rug pulls where they, you know, they'll, they'll take in all the money and just, you know, just get out of Dodge. And, and some of them are like, oh, they, they, they have a prototype, like a working prototype, but then they realize, oh, I have the money. This, isn't, this just isn't going to work on a large scale. Like they just weren't competent enough to pull it off. They overpromised. Yeah. Isn't it supposed to be like the other way, though? You have to underpromise and overdeliver, I think. Is, is... That's how I like to do it, but not all salespeople are like Isn't that a bit dishonest, though? I think it well a lot of a lot of salespeople don't think they're being dishonest. They're just like, yeah, like I'm gonna overpromise. They don't even think they're overpromising. They're like, yeah, absolutely we can do that. 100 percent we can do that. Absolutely. Zero <laughs> percent chance fail. 
and then because you know get the get the account get the business whatever it takes get the sale and then it comes time to deliver and like all right now how are we going to do this because they didn't put any thought into it the the initial thought was just get the business no matter what worry about it later and that's i think that's that's a good way to wrap up uh, to wrap up the episode which is as long as you have the ability to outsource i don't think you're worried about rejecting offers because once you get to like a certain size you know a business gets to a certain size you kind of have to like you have to work you yep. have to work with contractors you have to work with freelancers and subcontractors and whatnot uh, or even just outsource within your own business yeah that's true there there are people responsible at large you know large corporations their their whole job is to bring in new business over promise mm-hmm. just lock it down whatever it takes then you go over to a person like hey i just got you this account go for it this is what i promised them by the way good luck yeah or you buy the company that works too you just, <laughs> buy, you just buy them out anywho so we're coming to a close i don't uh that's that's all i've got you got anything you want to add before i i think i'm good all right super interesting episode super compact um so much more you could say about outsourcing but yeah really enjoyed it hope you guys did too and uh yeah see you next time bye bye we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast we hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview even if only just a little we always welcome feedback comments and constructive criticism if you'd like to provide us with any please reach out to us at our discord or email address both of which will be listed in in the description Thanks again for listening and until next time.